welcome to Inside the Mind of a podcast where I dive deeper into the minds of some of my favorite people and people who inspire me in the wrestling community. I, of course, am your hostess with the most Miss Katie Kinsey Bay Bay. Joined with me today, he is a chef by trade and a mark by choice, the host of Botch Spots and Chair Shots. It's very hard to say fast. Mr. Will Gray, how are you doing? Katie, I'm excellent. I'm so hyped to have, be on your show and to have an opportunity to do this. Uh, to talk something other than wrestling with a little bit of wrestling mixed in, always fun. Always a good time. And it's going to be a teaser, but you have very good news at the very end of this episode that you get to share with people. And yeah, I'm, I'm super hyped for some stuff, yeah. I'm one of the first people he gets to tell, so when this news comes out <laughs> after the fact, <laughs> I'm one of the first people to know, so I take very pride in that, and thank you for telling me and you get to utilize this as a platform to tell people after the fact. Well, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, you want me to do it now or you want me to plug at the end? Uh, you How do you do that? Plug everything at the end. Okay, cool, just making sure. Yeah, and like, uh, if you ever watch the videos, like your handle's on screen the whole time and the botch spots chair shots, again, very hard to say fast. It's a mouthful, you should hear it. Even, even when I do my interviews, people are like, how the hell did you come up with that name? And I'm like, it was, it was fun. And they were like, it's definitely rememberable. That's it, for sure. It, de <laughs> it definitely is like a hundred percent. So this is just going to go, I have the same questions for everybody. We're just going to, I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to talk and then I'll kind of just sprinkle questions here and there. So how did you get your start in podcasting? Because like your famous intro says, you're a chef by trade. So how did you get into the podcasting world? Okay, my podcasting journey is in two parts. Okay. Uh, roughly January of 2021, so just over a year and a half ago, um, a buddy of mine named Bobby, who's a, a former cast member with me on Botch Bots and Share Shots, uh, we started, like, it became a running joke between me, him, and another friend in a group thread to where we were just, like, the whole thing started as a joke where we were just trashing modern wrestling, like everything. We were just like, just dogging on it, not necessarily out of seriousness, but more so just like for fun. And then one day I was like, I'm going to start a podcast just to do this. So my original plan for botch bots and chair shots was going to be like mystery science theater, 3000 style, like overdubs okay. of us watching sh like shitty wrestling. And that was going to be the whole gimmick behind it was just us like, you know, just dialogue and over top and just uh like the the director cuts when you watch like the office and the the cast members like the commentary like that's yeah. all we were gonna do was just like cold commentary for fun over wrestling matches but i was at the time i spent prior to my podcasting life i spent 17 years in the kitchen with 14 of them being in a sous chef executive chef or food and beverage director role so my life before the wrestling community was totally different than my life afterwards mm -hmm. um so when i started the podcast it was just for fun i didn't really have goals or ambitions or what we were going to do with it it was just purely for fun then we fast forward to june of 2021 that's when shit got real weird in june of 2021 i got diagnosed with leukemia yeah uh so when i got sick uh, my, I was stage four, I was at the very top. They were like 60 days to deliver chemo. And I was like, we're starting chemo. So I started chemo immediately. My chemo regiment was five days a week, four weeks on, four weeks off for nine months. 
So literally when I was doing chemo through the week, I had nothing to do. So I was either in a chair taking chemo or in my recliner at home recovering from chemo. Mm -hmm. So I started watching wrestling just kind of like I would borderline say habitually, like the first thing I do when I would get home from the hospital is I would sit down and I would turn on an old pay-per-view. And that's when I started writing seriously about wrestling. So the long-winded version of it, when I got sick, that was kind of the catalyst that took me out of wrestling and then put me in a position to where, or took me out of the kitchen rather, and put me in a position where covering wrestling full-time for the show and my writing became a real possibility. So that's why I say it was in two parts. Originally, it was just for fun, and then we did that for four or five months. And then when I got sick, it became a means for me to be able to work without being able to work. You see what I mean? Like, I can do all of this remotely. I can work from the hospitals. I could work from my chemo chair. Like, this job allowed me to continue with my medical treatments while continuing to work. So uh, that's when podcasting became serious was around last June when uh, I medically had no choice, but uh, just to hang out and talk about wrestling. So that's when I started getting serious. Okay. And it's, it's crazy that you said you've only been doing this really like a year. Uh, yeah, my one year diagnosis was June 17th of 2022. And I would probably say we took the reins and started running with it. I would probably say about a year ago now. Uh, I could pull it up and tell you exactly because you can see our episodes were like one a week or one a month. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden come July, July of last year, it was like two episodes a week, habitually every week. Mm -hmm. I started putting blogs out and posts and videos. And it was like, you could see when it happened almost because it went from being a part-time thing to botch bots and chair shots being like a full-time gig for me. Yeah. And it's the reason I say that is because you're so fluid and you're so good at talking like it seems like you've been doing this a lot longer than a year i i was blessing and a curse uh, my high school gave no vocational training whatsoever right. so culinary arts wasn't uh something that was an option out of high school okay. so when i graduated high school i went to a four-year university you want to hear something about me not very many people know i i would love to i was one semester away from being a high school band director. Stop, are you serious? I, I switched majors the semester before I was supposed to student teach. I was gonna be a high school band director. And uh, I switched because I hated, hated going to school every day. And by that point I was like, there's no way I'm doing this for a living. So I went to my uh, advisor and I was like, give me the quickest out possible. And she was like, you've already got a music minor. You've already got a psych minor. She was like, you have a lot of the undergrad stuff done. She was like, honestly, if you went into mass comm, she was like, you could do something and be out in two years. So I was like, let's do journalism, specifically sports broadcasting. So uh, once upon a time, they put me behind a mic and they were like, this is how to talk and not sound dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so I do have a little bit of training. There's not a whole lot to it, but uh, if you go back far enough in the 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 rolodex of will's life i did actually go to journalism school at one point i, I never used it but i did go <laughs> i feel like that's a common theme though like people go to universities get degrees don't use them i have a social work mm -hmm. degree i'm not doing a damn thing with said degree and i was there yeah. for five years <laughs> but mm -hmm. it's it's because then i end up finding doing this and this gives me way much more joy I don't care if I get paid or not. This is something I enjoy doing way more than 
listen to people's problems. But I do that anyways, except I'm not getting paid. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But wow, almost a high school band director. Yeah. Damn. I'm a random will fact. I'm a classically trained saxophonist. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I know. Uh-huh. Oh, I gotta write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Random. I, uh, I've been playing saxophone since I was 10 years old. I love I love these random will facts. I hope more come out throughout this. This is this is my favorite thing about this is people like open up and then they give me these random facts that like nobody knows. Like people mm -hmm. have been in like dance crews and like didn't tell anybody and stuff like that. So I I love hearing this stuff. But so so about a year, um, mm -hmm. you guys started everything with botch botch chair shots. I'm gonna uh -huh. be able to say it well by the end of this. I promise. It took me a year to get good at it. Shit, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, roughly, roughly, how many episodes do you think you have out right now? We have 69 total episodes. Okay. We have three unreleased videos. And right now, looking at my list on my hard drive, I have 12 unreleased. Uh, 69 episodes, three unreleased episodes, and 12 unreleased interviews. Jeez. that are just sitting on my hard drive oh my god okay so <laughs> so we'll say out of the 69 released episodes do you have mm -hmm. any favorites whether that's an interview one of the shows you bring someone on for just any of your favorites uh my favorite interview i've done to date so far is probably going to have to be either al snow or Mike Law, which is a trainer based out of New York. He was a lot of fun to kind of get the perspective of somebody who teaches wrestling every day, mm -hmm. not necessarily a superstar trying to break out. You know what I mean? To get the yeah. perspective of somebody whose day-to-day -day job is to train superstars. Not not that Mike Law isn't a superstar, but his day-to-day his -day thing is running his school. So like mm -hmm. to get that perspective of somebody who's training every single day, that was a lot of fun. And then growing up in the Attitude Era, having a chance to talk to Al Snow off the air about some of the things, like kind of off the record conversations, like mm -hmm. hearing some of his uh, stories with Foley and stuff like that. Like that was a ton of fun. My favorite episode I've done since I've been podcasting actually wasn't my episode. It was an episode of UWO I did for Kai right after I started. And there's just something about those the, the chemistry on the UWO episodes where if you get three guys and Kyle that just wanna run their mouths for an hour, it's just good you know what i mean and it was just so much fun to be a part of where we were just like you know it was kai brought us on and was like here i'm gonna read you some really shitty takes and you guys respond to them and we were like yes so it was like we it's like a roast of the iwc for an hour and a half and i just oh, thought yeah. that was a ton of fun so that that's probably my favorite episode i've done my favorite personal episode i've done uh i did an episode that was the first family of wrestling which was the Anna Y family and the Hart family. And it was an in-depth like an in -depth discussion breaking down the families with the patriarchs, the, you know, the guys who part of the families during the Attitude Era, all the way through, you know, Roman and Italian, those guys. And it was like 30 years of wrestling history split between just these two families. So getting into that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, props to you. That's a lot of research and a lot of trying to break <laughs> everything down. I don't think my brain can comprehend all of that. 
But when I say I'm a mark by choice, I 100% do this <laughs> shit because I choose to. Nobody else. Like, literally, it was just for fun. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the whole point of this, though, is, yeah, other people will listen to this or watch this stuff, but it's mainly what you want to do and what you find fun. That's why Absolutely. I love what we all do, or the majority of us For sure. Do. Yeah. Because no one's show is the same. Everyone, some people do recaps, but they do them in different ways I'm not going to bring him up because I bring him up every episode but he knows like <laughs> that show is specifically like recaps but in a unique way I don't do recaps really anymore because I did them for so long and like so people like kind of adapt as they go and no one's the same so mm -hmm. you definitely are not the same as anybody like your shows are very unique and you have good takes and topics like you just did all right, I'll bring them up the horror thing with Matt yeah like that's yeah. something you don't really like see often or ever so that was definitely unique and very good by the way it was a very good episode thank you oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, one of the way my brain works is this is gonna sound it's a compliment sandwich uh, in the wrestling world there's a million podcasts. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? There's room at the table for everybody to feast. Yeah. But the way I looked at it is there are 500 shows that do amazing recaps. Mm -hmm. I'm not a recap person. I don't want to watch Raw live on Monday nights. You know what I mean? I don't want to watch Dynamite every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So my thing is, I was like, I'm going to let the recap people recap and I'll retweet the hell out of it and watch these shows and do these things. I love smacking it raw. I watch it every week. You know what I mean? It's my favorite recap show. And I'll, I'll give Matt a shout out on your show for it. <laughs> like if I'm watching a recap show, that's where I'm going to start every week because they're good at it. Yeah, I can fry the hell out of chicken. I'm not the only person on the planet that cooks good fried chicken. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the way I look at podcasts. There are niche, like niches and however you say it, like there's people all over the IWC that do their version of what they do and they're the best at it. And that's what I look for. And what I wanted to do with my show specifically was round table to, uh, originally it was the mystery science theater bullshit. But when I actually figured out having a real show, I wanted to do round table discussions focal like featured and focused on one topic so instead of having to worry about covering raw and smackdown and dynamite and rampage or whatever premium live events were on or any of that it's like okay we're going to focus on one thing we're going to focus on the first family of wrestling we're going to do you know horror movies and waffles where we compare our favorite wrestlers to horror movie uh we're doing the history of the hardcore title this coming week you know what i mean like very specific like very specific topics in the wrestling world that way you could look through my catalog and go okay i don't give a shit about this but tag team turmoil sounds really cool because i love tag team wrestling yeah. you know what i mean so i feel like that's what i try to do is very specific conversations inside of wrestling i like everybody else's cup of kool-aid but my cup of kool-aid is like this you know what i mean that's a, that's a very good way to think about it yeah now again with the different conversations you have with people and the different topics you have and the 69 ish episodes depending on how many more come out after this is released um any unexpected moments that happen on your shows whether it's something that made you bust out laughing made you go why the fuck did you do that oh my god like anything you can think of 
throughout your shows that have happened? Any unexpected moments? Uh, Bobby and I, towards the end of his tenure with me, this is the, the good and the bad side of it. This one's not so good. Bobby and I had a live show that was happening and he went AWOL on me and uh, started bringing some stuff up that I wasn't prepared for. I don't have hot topics on my show, but I feel like if you're gonna bring certain things up, if you're gonna wanna talk about Benoit or you're gonna wanna talk about, you know, like some of those things from the wrestling world, give me time so I can prepare. You know what I mean? Don't drop it because those kinds of topics and when you get into like, uh, you know, when you, there's so many things in the the journalistic world that if you make a comment on and then it's taken the wrong way, then it could be blown out of proportion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So when it comes to touchy topics like that, I always make sure I'm prepared so I don't, you know, put my foot in my mouth. And that night I felt like he threw me under the bus. I wasn't really prepared for anything he was going to be talking about. So I had to kill the stream. I just was like, oh, I'm not going to do this, you know? So we, yeah. we killed it. Uh, one of the funniest moments of my show was also with Bobby. Um, it was one of, our, one of our first recorded videos and we were doing, um, I can't even remember the topic now. It was maybe our favorite wrestling gimmick matches or something like okay. that. But I just remember it going for like two hours and me and Bobby just felt like we were just laughing at each other the whole time. You ever have one of those shows where you just like, every time the other person talks you can't help but laugh at them either because you know how full of shit they are or yeah. because they're genuinely making you laugh and that was me and bobby for that show for two hours so he's very much the yin and yang to my podcasting career <laughs> he gave that. me one of my worst moments and one of my best moments simultaneously <laughs> i can see that yeah i remember the bobby getting a wall thing uh yeah i i don't blame you you made an executive decision on the spot and you said not gonna fucking happen and killed it so honestly yeah. major props to you for not letting that ruin the show and you were just like we're not even gonna do it fuck it and okay. yeah i wasn't gonna let him derail my show like even at that point our show i wasn't gonna let him derail our show because i think that he knew that we had some people in the chat and he knew it was game like and i was like he wanted cheap pops for cheap pops and that's what i told him and he and I have since made amends. He's been my boy for years. He was mm -hmm. my boy before botch spots. He'll be my boy after botch spots. You know what I mean? But, you know, we kissed and made up <laughs> oh. in whatever way, whatever way Will and Bobby can do that. <laughs> <laughs> via Zoom, everything's via Zoom. Come on now. Yeah. Now with the very little free time, it seems like you have, do you have any other hobbies outside of watching wrestling or cooking or writing? Um, my big hobbies include, uh, I'm a runner. Uh, I trained for marathons before I got sick. Uh, I've done halves and fulls. Like, uh, I'm, I'm a runner. I'm one of those sick, twisted people that do it for fun. Uh, I like, I, I'm an outdoorsy person. I like to fish and hike. Um, I used to hunt. I, I haven't really hunted much. There's not a whole lot of like hunting area in the Nashville area anymore. It's kind of becoming a bigger city now. So there's not a whole lot of that happening, but I still fish regularly. And honestly, as weird as it sounds, like I have a barbecue company that I run on the side that does catering and pop-ups um, <laughs> called Hot Like Sauce Barbecue. Uh, that is, I did a pop-up last month where I did fried chicken dinners on a Sunday afternoon where I did, it was called Picnics and Poultry. And we did fried chicken dinners and we had the speakers set up and did dinners and like, 
uh, I, you know, rented out this old house in Nashville and we set up the kitchen and I was frying chicken, like KFC style and little buckets for people. And they were sitting out in like the terrace, like it's super, my, my life is weird, Katie. My life is weird. <laughs> your, your life is freaking like, this is a movie. Like this is like, this is like an episodic TV show that'll run for like seven seasons of all the different stuff you have gotten into or will get into like it's it's weird like i don't ever stop and it's not because i'm one of those people that feel like i always have to be doing i do fidget all the time but i like i'm one of those people that say if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life mm -hmm. and i love cooking and i love talking about wrestling so i make sure that's what i do every day to support my family and then the rest of it can just get figured out in the wash you know what i mean i understand 100 percent. yeah very it's very good philosophy like if you if you're doing something you love then you're not really working mm -hmm. literally like i get paid to like hang out and watch wrestling and to write about it like that you can't beat that no. like in the big scheme of things like i'm in a pair of basketball shorts right now and a t-shirt and i won't change the rest of the day <laughs> like <laughs> like that's my life now and i love it you know like no more chef's coats no more like slacks and sports coats and no like i wear flip-flops and a ball cap seven days a week and i love my life <laughs> as, as you fucking should as you should now this is a question i ask everybody like all of these but this is the one i always like hearing people's answers to so if you could have a dinner this is one you do not have to make um with three other wrestlers uh dead or alive who would you pick and why I would want to pick Bruno Sammartino because I would want to know what it was like to be expected to be the man as long as he was the man. Okay. You know what I mean? He held the title for over 2,000 days. So you look at Roman being at 700 days, multiply that by three, or multi 700 days times three. Yeah, roughly three times where Roman's at right now. Bruno held the belt that long. So I'd want to pick his brain to figure out what was what it felt like to be the man for the largest promotion in the country for that long. Yeah. You know, what were the creative meetings like? How did you stay fresh? What did you do to keep your stories going? Um, then I would want to pick somebody from my childhood and that would be Mick Foley because okay. I've always said in one capacity or another, if Mick Foley hadn't became mankind when he did in the mid nineties, wrestling wouldn't have been the same after that point the character he became and the things he did revolutionized how wrestling was produced for television because if he hadn't gotten thrown off the top of the cage had he not had the street fight with hunter had he not had the hell in a cell match with hunter had he not done a lot of the things he could do to go we can push the limit but we don't have to be a mud show yeah. you know what i mean like he showed vince that you could push the limits and continue to to break barriers and I feel like Mick Foley single-handedly in the mid-90s changed wrestling for the better. So that's where I would want to do it. And then from today's perspective, I would want to sit down with Nick Aldis from the NWA. Okay. Uh, I feel like for the same reason I've talked to said for Bruno, Nick came back when uh, William Patrick Corbin of the Smashing Pumpkins bought the NWA, which is such a random wrestling world connection. It really is. But when he bought the NWA and they made Aldis his champion, Nick held the belt for a thousand days. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? For the same reasons, like what did it feel when they rebranded the NWA, this huge hierarchy of what the wrestling world was, and they stamped you as the guy and said, now run with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how did that feel? 
to not only have the 10 pounds of gold for a thousand days, which is the third longest reign in the NWA's history, not only that, but like, what did it feel like to have to be that person to rebrand an entire like wrestling promotion? You know what I mean? Like it's totally different now than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, definitely 40 years ago, but three guys from three very different perspectives from wrestling in different time periods. Yeah, I think that might be the f- uh, maybe one of the first times someone chose like an older wrestler at their childhood and like now. I, 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 and again, very good reasons as to why you chose all these people. That dinner would be such a sight to see. <laughs> <laughs> like, that would be weird to say the least. Like, I- the, the, because Bruno and Mick are old enough, they would have crossed paths at one point, but Aldis. He wouldn't have been around in the 80s. Yeah. So, like, Nick and Bruno, or Mick and Bruno would probably have some stories. So I think that in its own regard would be fun because you think Bruno wrestled until the mid-80s when Foley was starting. So there's a chance they crossed paths. I don't know that for sure. I know Foley started in the south and Bruno was in the northeast. But I don't want to dive into the history of it. That'll make me look like a bigger nerd than I already am. Oh, stop. (laughs) You do it it for your show. That's a great idea. You better, you better write that down. <laughs> 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 write that down for yourself so you remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, whether it be um, anything for podcasting or just life in general, any advice you would like to give to the people? Like I said, any type of aspect, podcasting, real life, whatever. Uh, the podcasting perspective is be patient. Um if you look at podcasting from two perspectives one do it for fun then have fun with it Mm -hmm. if you want to look at podcasting as a profession still have fun with it because you have to be patient you're not going to make money in the wrestling business you're definitely not going to make money covering wrestling in the wrestling business like it is hard to break into after a year of doing it i'm still some days i'm like this isn't worth it you know what i mean you still have bad days Mm -hmm. my big thing in the podcasting world is just be patient You'll find your strides, you'll find your goals, you'll find your niche, you'll find what makes you good at what you, your version of fried chicken is. <laughs> Be patient until you find that. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a personal level, I think there's three people in the world that deserve your utmost respect no matter what, and those are your parents, your teachers, and your doctors. Your parents teach you how to live your life and how to be a good person. Your teachers ter- your teachers teach you how to gain knowledge to be a better person and your doctors literally keep you on your feet so of the three most important people in the world that you need to pay respect to are your parents your teachers and your doctors because if you pay respect to those three people you'll be meant that's actually really good advice <laughs> the, the, the be patient thing for podcasting i a thousand percent agree i'm hitting two years in august and some days mm-hmm. i'm just like oh, like why like, I'm doing this, but for what? And it's the constant, like, self-doubt. I mean, you're probably the same way of, like, do people listen? Do people care? Am I just doing this for an audience of myself kind yeah. of thing? So it de- I definitely understand the be patient thing, and I 100% agree. Like, and take chances is something a lot of people always say, too, for that. Um, yeah. It because like we were talking about you never you don't want to be like the typical podcast and Mm -hmm. do the same thing that everyone else is doing switching it up making it your own that helps you 
like be unique and stand out and love what you do. Absolutely. One of the big things I would say to people is in the wrestling business, they say wrestle people that are better than you. If you want to get better, wrestle guys that are better than you. In the podcasting world, if you want to be better, listen to somebody who does a better version of your show. You know what I mean? Like find somebody who does a show similar to what you like to do and listen to what they do. Find their nuances, find what they, how they do their show and then adapt that into your equation. You know what I mean? The botch bots and chair shot equations is the same thing. I'm going to do a silly little intro. I'm going to ask you what has you pissed off for greatness. We're going to go over news and headlines and we're going to do our conversation. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's all the same. Figure out your equation. You know what I mean? Be patient with that. Uh, you don't have to figure it out in your first 10 episodes. I'm 70 episodes in and I've only just now started to feel like I'm finding my stride. Not that I even have it yet. And I've been doing it for a year and a half. You know what I mean? Like, that's my point when I say be patient is because this is hard. You yeah. know what I mean? And there's days where you can feel like you have a banger of an episode and you look at your listens and you're like, that was a fucking flop. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you have one where you're like, I shit the bed and then it'll be like triple the week before. And you're like, how the hell does that even happen? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's such a weird world, but just patience is a virtue, especially when it comes to this, because you're not going to see your world's not going to change overnight because you produce your first podcast episode. That's not how it works at all. I so just be patient. 100% agree. Now, see, I'm very interested for the answer to this question. Um, if you were writing an autobiography of your life up until this exact moment, what would be the title and why is it that title? The name of my autobiography will be Cook Like Your Life Depended On It. Okay. Yeah. Um, I feel like I used to use that. That was my Twitter bio for a long time was the phrase cook like your life depended on it. And it's because for the first, I got married young and then divorced young, okay. um, married a college sweetheart, had kids, didn't work out. We grew up, grew old, separated. Mm. Um, so for the early part of my twenties, while I was in school, I had accepted a, a sous chef position while I was married and having a young family and finishing my degree and working full time. Mm. So literally every day, as dumb and cheesy as it sounds, I had written on my bathroom mirror, cook like your life depended on it. Because every day I knew when I went to work, I would have to wake up, go to class and then go to work. And if I didn't cook like my life depended on it, then I wouldn't be able to take care of the people back home. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that was why I looked at my life the way I did then. I would still call it that now for the symbolism of what it means in my life. I'm not necessarily cooking, but that same work with a sense of urgency is still very much there in my life. If I'm writing an article or doing an episode or cooking for my kids, I'm working with a sense of urgency to try to be the best for whoever I'm helping. It's not necessarily about me. It's like being the best version of me for whoever I'm interacting with in that moment. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to think about it too. With, and again, like, thank you for opening up about all of that. And it's, it is something to think about like you have to go through everyday life but part of that everyday life is how you help other people in your life and that's something i don't think people really like think about for others because some people are just fucking awful to other people 
and that I get I was one of those people for a long time Katie you're, and you're I'm not saying this people? I'm not saying this because I'm trying to put myself over as like I'm not playing the martyr here like I used to be a fuck I was bad like and I'm saying that genuinely to you as somebody like who reverted their life and realized like you can't treat people like shit if you treat people like shit you're not gonna get anywhere mm -hmm. and I learned that the hard way you hit rock bottom and you learn real fast to love and respect the people around you. Because if you treat people like trash, you're not gonna get anywhere. You yeah. know what I mean? You need people every step of the way. You can't genuinely get through life alone. And I found that the hard way by hitting a brick wall called cancer. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm I, once again, I'm not saying that to be dramatic. I'm not saying that because I wanna get a pop on your show. What I'm saying is genuinely, sincerely in that amount of time in my life, like mm -hmm. you will go through major life changes and you'll realize you have to respect people. You have to treat people right. You have to be a good person. At the core of everything we do, if you're not a good person, like what's it all for? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, don't be a shithead. It's that easy. Wear deodorant, brush your teeth. Don't be a shithead. <laughs> it, it's not hard. <laughs> common sense, people. Like, come on. Like the common theme for specifically wrestling fans is wash your ass because nobody fucking yeah. does. Like, come on. <laughs> it, it's not hard to be a decent human being at all people no agree and that's i don't mean to go off on my tangents but that's no, kind of please. it like in reality like from somebody who is a newly reverted like fuck all like i was not a good person you know what i mean i had to make i made some really major decisions with my life the direction i wanted to go the person i wanted to be how i was going to be that person like you know you get like yeah you have to be a good person and that's something that that's why when i say respect people like your parents your teachers your doctors your friends your loved ones you know like respect the people around you that will do more for you in life than anything wrestling wise or cooking wise or anything else i've said in this podcast if you take anything away from it be a good person like mm -hmm. that's what that's the most important thing in life that's the meaning of life is just being a good person well said. Well said. Very well said. Um, so you kind of brought up the twelve unreleased um, interviews you have lined up, mm -hmm. but future plans for yourself, botch spots, chair shots. Oh, look at that! Set it fast. Didn't mess up. Nailed it. Myself. You see, I told you the first hour. You're already a champ. Nailed it. So proud. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anything. So, like I was telling you, this is going to get released uh, two weeks from us recording. So, anything that's happening in the next, we'll say, month or so, you want to bring up, talk about any interviews you have lined up, shows, anything. Um, coming up in the next few weeks, content-wise, I have. Mike Bennett from Impact Wrestling. Uh, then I have Goldilocks from TNA. Um, I have a couple other guys I'm waiting on responses for. Me and Shane Taylor are supposed to connect in the next week or so. So I've got some really cool interviews with some cool talent coming. Uh, one of the things I'm most excited about that's on the horizon is August 26th. This will be the first show that I put it out on. Okay. Um, August 26th is the Orange Ribbon Rumble. Botch Bots and Share Shots is uh, partnered with Pro Wrestling Alliance out of excuse me, out of Lebanon, Tennessee. And we are promoting and booking our first wrestling show. That's awesome. Uh, we're donating the gate to LLS for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, we've got some cool superstars that are gonna be released over the next few weeks that are gonna be on the card. And then outside of that, 
uh, we're just trucking along. Our big thing right now is we're trying to be the voice of the independent nation because there's so many people that want to cover WWE and AEW and Impact and Ring of Honor and New Japan, but there's so much good indie wrestling out there. So that's what I, 90% of what I've been watching right now has just been indie wrestling. And uh, we're trying to do a lot to cover that. Um, I just, with this episode being released in two weeks, I will have my first few articles out by then. But as of this morning, right before Katie and I started recording, um, I accepted a full-time feature writing position with the Sportster. Uh, so I'm going to be covering all of my work with BotchBots and Chair Shots for the independent wrestling scene. We'll also be getting duplicated there as well in written form. So that'll be cool and a huge outlet for some of the guys. So uh, lots of cool stuff in the works. Um, yeah, I think that's an understatement. Plus, you've been, like, working on some indie shows, too, like going and helping set up and everything. Oh, yeah, I do uh, between four and six shows a month right now. Nice. Uh, we work with one in Lebanon and one outside of Murfreesboro. Uh, I do ring crew work and with them, I've been working with the promoters and the bookers firsthand. Uh, I've been trying to, to just get my, my spider's web as deep as I can into the wrestling business for the experience of it. Um, so that's just it right now. If I'm, if I'm gonna be at a show, I'm working for whoever I'm working for that night. You know what I mean? If PWA needs help setting up a ring, then I'm gonna be out there helping set up the ring. If they need helps with lights and we were there a few weeks ago setting up how to hang a belt for a ladder match because it had too high of a ceiling, you know what I mean? So we were like trying to figure out how to, to get a belt from a 40 foot ceiling to be 20 feet above the ring. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it was it was a lot of fun. It's it's kind of a cool world to get into the, uh, the whole indie wrestling scene. So uh, I'm loving life right now. Like I said, I can't, yeah. yeah. And you're a jack of all trades. I wouldn't say a jack of all trades. I, uh, Sir. I'm a very, <laughs> I'm very particular about where I decide to, uh, to spend my time. I'm lucky enough to be good at a couple things. Uh, if, if, I, if I even went so far as to say that, I don't even like saying that, but uh, I jokingly said my next life, I think I'll try to be a doctor. <laughs> I mean, at this rate, you could be. Like, that's the running joke between my sisters. She was like, you were supposed to be a teacher, then you became a chef, and now you, you know, write about pro wrestling for a living. I was like, next, I'm going to be a doctor. That's what I'll do next. My yeah. 40s, my 20s, I was a chef. My 30s, I'll be a writer. My 40s, I'll be a doctor. Exactly. And then 50s, who knows? Lawyer. I mean, you Maybe, can, you, you know, can do anything. It's, a, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio and Catch Me If You Can. That's what I'm going to be. Like, that's, that's <laughs> you know, just less con many, more straight lace. I, I, I mean, I would know. hope less con many will. <laughs> I don't want to be associated with a con man. Well, no. no, not a 100% not a con man, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so for the better part of like 40-ish minutes I've been asking you questions delving into your personal life and your professional life now it's time to turn the tables do you have any questions for me it can be podcasting personal anything you want to know I'm an open book I usually answer everything in some capacity or another well, I end all of my interviews, Katie, with five random questions. So I literally ask people random questions every day. I love this. You ready? I'm ready. What's your What's your favorite color? Uh, blue, specifically what? light blue, but I like all shades I, of blue. My favorite color is royal blue. Oh, nice. What's your favorite movie? Oh fuck. Okay, I've gotten this question before, and I never know how to answer it because I like so many different types of movies. So like. My favorite sports movie and a movie I can watch or go back and watch all the time is Remember the Titans. Good one. Um, I've also met Coach Herman Boone before he passed, so 
it, that also just is like a special place in my heart for that movie. Um, but like, I'm a big fan of musicals, so like, Phantom of the Opera is my favorite musical movie, and uh, uh, so I. What's love, your favorite comedy then? See, I'm gonna go. Um. Because hmm, I just watched it the other day while I was doing other stuff. I'll go Wedding Singer with Adam Sandler. It's a great one. Uh, I'm a, I love Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler I think, movies were fantastic. Like mm-hmm. late '90s, early 2000s, Adam Sandler movies, top notch. Happy Gilmore, loved Happy, Happy, Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy. Uh huh. All of those fantastic classics. Fantastic fucking movies. What was the planning process like when you left Smacked Raw and you started building the She Elite Showcase? Like, what was your process like having been exposed to the podcasting life, but rebuilding a show from the scratch after being on an established program? What was your building process like? So definitely uh, difficult at first, um, because once I decided to leave and like I hit a year at SmackDraw and I told Kyle, I was like, I'll hit a year, but then I'm going to want to do something else, whether that was join another podcast, which was an idea for a while but never anything set in stone. It was kind of just like a, oh, maybe I'll join them kind of thing. But starting on my own, I was like, okay, well, some people know me from SmackDraw, so I have a little bit of an audience. That definitely helps. Um, But I had, my process was planning on, like, making everything. I think I left SmackDraw in August something, and by like mid-September, I had a show somehow. I had to find, um, well, and it also helps that like we did a little bit of She Elite on SmackDraw. It's like, I already yeah. knew the name was good, so mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about someone else having She Elite Showcase somewhere, so that was good. Uh, creating a Twitch channel was, wasn't te- too tedious or anything. I already know how to work OBS, which helped in my favor. Um, creating a YouTube, which wasn't hard, but, like, getting people to subscribe to that was about a year process, a little less than, which I finally got that custom URL, and I I say it every time, I'm so (laughs) happy, because that's all I wanted, and it happened before my birthday, which is another thing I wanted, um, but then, uh, hitting up, because I wanted different music, because, obviously, if you listen to a podcast, they have intro music or some type of music throughout their show so Mm -hmm. that's when I uh, hit up Heel Tactics who is a friend of the show, friend of multiple people's shows, just had him on for the previous episode of Inside the Mind of, which you want me to check out and I literally just gave him ideas I was just like, I have ideas for four shows these are the ideas I have for themes for each show, he created magic and I had that and then, like, logos and stuff, but thankfully my co-host Savannah uh, helped me with the logo, because we were kind of going back and forth about all of that for a while. So, it, I had an idea, of like, a rough idea of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Did I successfully do all of that? I think so, but at the same time, I'm constantly wanting to do more. Like, I have three shows I host, one of which, this one just came back, one is gonna come back soon, uh, the weekly show Savannah and I do, 
Savannah has her own show, and, like, I have to make sure I upload that, but I have no hands on it. Like, that's all her, because I don't know shit about New Japan. That's all her. <laughs> I know a few people, and that's about it. Um, but I'm constantly wanting to do more, and that's something I'm trying to figure out how to do and not overcrowd Sheely, if that makes any sense. If there was yeah. an answer anywhere in that rambling. No, that makes complete <laughs> sense. It did. Um, so following up with that question then, when you when you were able to get on your feet and you were able to go, what was the biggest hurdle you had starting your own show? Um, like, what was the hardest part about starting your own show? I mean, getting people to like see that I was my own show um, because like like I said like the people who did like know me knew me from Smack Draw of course so they were yeah. just like oh it's Katie Katie Bay Bay from Smack Draw and I'm like no actually it's not that anymore it's Katie Kinsey Bay Bay from Sheely's Showcase and just trying to like gain an audience if not like regain an audience which probably mm -hmm. was the biggest thing. I, yeah, I'd probably say that, because thankfully I have, like, a good core group of friends I can rely on if I need help with something. Um, I A special shout-out to Matt, Reek, and Justin, because those three kind of helped me, like, make me feel confident about going off on my own and helping me out. Like, Reek was the first inside the mind of. So, like, and then Matt and Justin were, like, the next two, because I was more comfortable with them. And being comfortable with people and these friends you make definitely helps. And having them and, like, being on all of their shows at this point, it's it gets me exposed to a different audience each time. So, specifically those three, like, I have to thank for basically being, like, you can do this by yourself, like, go like baby bird out the nest they kind of just like pushed me to do this so i really do have to thank the three of them for helping me uh ritter helped me a ton and i know this whole episode has just been us putting matt ritter's show over it's every <laughs> fucking episode and he's like stop i'm like i know i'm feeding your ego i'm sorry and i've explained to him he's like a core person of like how i meet other people or have yeah. a relationship with other people like it's not my fault matt i'm sorry <laughs> He's helped me a lot in a sense that I go to him and I go, okay, you were here three years ago, four years ago. What was your next step? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's got a successful show. He's been out. He's got his style. He's got everything down. So when it comes to my show and I'm going, okay, I'm having hiccups here. What do you think? You know what I mean? I do the same thing. I've asked, you know, like when it comes to that kind of stuff, you get that creative help from yeah. your friends. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I liked about it. Matt's very transparent he's also straightforward with you if you think something fucking sucks Ritter's gonna tell you what fucking sucks 100%. you know what I mean like 100%. he has no qualms about it so that's what I that's that's one of the best things about Matt is he's genuinely a nice person and he'll tell you if you suck or not yeah and he, he's also very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um my final I guess my final question for you would be do you think a hot dog is a sandwich stop I'm not having a conversation right now this is a common fucking theme with my family I wish I was kidding there was a, a vacation we had a few years ago where my cousin, his brother, so my other cousin, and my sister yeah. were all arguing about what is a sandwich. 
And mind you, I every time they started this conversation, I walked away. Because I was like, I am done with this. <laughs> I am done trying to figure out what is a sandwich and what is not a sandwich. Because they're like, well, is a taco a sandwich? I'm like, no. a no, taco is a taco. A taco is a taco. <laughs> like, that was, like, the only input I ever gave. I was like, no, a taco is a taco. And then, like, I left. And, like, so yeah. they just kept coming up with scenarios. Like, oh, is this a sandwich? Is this a sandwich? And there's, like, I'm pretty sure there's, like, books and stuff, too, of, like, is this a sandwich? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I've seen hot dog delegated as a sandwich. I because it is. I don't know. I mean, really, it's a meat. It is. It's bread. It's meat and it's toppings. It's a sandwich. It's like an open face sandwich kind of thing. If it, yeah, it's, it's the up, same if it's laying style. Down, it looks like a hoagie or a sub, well, a whatever people call it. Yeah, a sub sandwich. A hoagie. What's up, north of the Mason Dixon? <laughs> Listen, I say who calls it a hoagie. <laughs> I say hoagie or sub, depending on the situation. Leave me alone. We're in the south. <laughs> Everything is Coke, and it don't matter what sub what sub it is. It come from Subway. I was literally, <laughs> literally, when I did the episode with uh, Jayland last, we had a conversation about every people calling it Coke in the south. Uh -huh. We just had this conversation because he's from Carolina. South Carolina. I want a Coke. So. What kind of Coke do you want? Dr. Pepper. Like, That's, but it's not everything's a Coke. I don't understand. What kind of Coke do you want? Pepsi. You can get out. That's, no. Oh, God. <laughs> That's so funny, though. We, I just had this conversation as I'm recording this yesterday. But mm -hmm. I, you know what? Sure. I'll say a hot dog is a sandwich. I don't. It is. You're I right. don't. That's not something mm -hmm. that like eats away. We're done. We can roll the credits now. It's a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> That's not something that like eats me eats me away at night. I'm just laying there like thinking, is a hot dog a sandwich? No, it's not something that keeps me up at night. I promise. I don't. I I just call it a hot dog and I eat it. That's Truth. that's. Do how you put I pineapple on pizza? No, I don't. I'm not. A, I'm not a big pineapple person in general. Pineapple juice and stuff is fine, but like pineapple alone, I can't really do. I'm not a fan. What's your favorite food? Favorite food? Yeah. Um. Probably because I'll end up getting one later. A uh, steak salad, but like a Pittsburgh steak salad. So like fries are going on the salad. Yeah. Uh, no ifs or buts about it. Sorry. People think that's weird. I'm like, no, that's a Pittsburgh thing, hands down. We put fries on everything. Kermani Brothers, man. Exactly. Yeah, that's dope. I'd never had a sandwich with fries on it till I went to Permani Brothers, and I was like, "This is it." Like the coleslaw and the meat and the fries, it's like a thing. It's oh. an entity. Oh, it's it's its own entity here, and yeah, it's one of the most popular things about Pittsburgh. You ask somebody about Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. they'll tell you City of Bridges, sports teams, Permanis. Yeah, uh, my favorite food is pizza. And uh, random will fact, I have all my favorite foods tattooed around my wrist. Pizza and fried chicken and a cheeseburger and a taco. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love, again, I love the little random will facts. I also have a taco dinosaur. A taco dinosaur? It's literally a stegosaurus, but it's a taco instead of a stegosaurus. It's got legs and a head and everything, but it's a taco dinosaur. I'll send you a picture of it. It's on my calf. It would be too much for me to stand up right now and That's... show everybody my hairy ass legs. But <laughs> like, yeah, I've got a taco dinosaur on my calf because I woke up one day and said, I want a taco dinosaur. You woke up and said, I'm choosing this for my mm -hmm. life and yeah. no one can tell me otherwise. Uh -huh. I have the Ninja Turtles on my knuckles. Like. Nice. Oh my God, you actually <laughs> fucking do. 
Oh my yeah. God, that's incredible. <laughs> uh huh. And uh, sodium chloride on this side, the chemical compound for salt. <laughs> oh man. Big nerd. Big nerd. But like, I love when people explain <laughs> their tattoos to me. That's mm -hmm. something I love because I've been telling people like, get a tattoo, but make sure the first one is something you truly care about. After that, have a fucking ball. Uh -huh. Like, get whatever, oh, yeah. get of... whatever you want. Oh, My yeah. friend has like a ghost with like a boner tattooed on his ankle. I'm like, that's that's outrageous. awesome. But like, the fucking Ninja Turtle. That's those are clean too like the... oh yeah it sucked uh my feet hurt worse than my hands did though you're like the tops of your feet or like the sides? yeah i have a the tops of my feet i have a rooster and a pig tattooed on each foot sir i have so many questions <laughs> was it can just... i tell you the story it's your show i don't want to derail no, this no, no, i don't no, no, want to no, derail this, your show it, this listen this might be like my show but my yes is the main focus please tell me the story of this i'm so intrigued of why I have a rooster and a pig on my feet. Very much so, yes. Story time with Uncle Will. Um, I was opening a restaurant in uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee called Southern Comfort. And I was a little bit in over my head. Uh, I was opening a restaurant during the pandemic. It was a mess. Mm -hmm. Like it was a rough world. And uh, I was debating on getting a tattoo because I hadn't got one since I'd moved to Gatlinburg yet. And uh, mm -hmm. tattoos are, it's one of my things. I like tattoos a lot. So I decided to look up tattoo ideas. And one of them came from Pirate folklore okay okay like pirates like avashti mateys swashbuckling pirates okay um the folklore was captains go down with their ship yeah. right so when a pirate ship would sink the most common things found floating in the water were roosters and pigs because their cages were buoyant and they were made of wood so they would float to the top of the water so the pirate captains would get roosters and pigs tattooed on their feet in a superstition so they would float so uh so i got a rooster pig on my feet because i was in a really dark place personally so i was like fuck it dude sink or swim so i got a rooster and a pig tattooed on my feet so i can remember to always keep my head above water that is listen i was expecting a story <laughs> i was not expecting the roller coaster of that story at all that <laughs> lots of process i'm weird i'm weird that's man. okay about me. i mean <laughs> no one's normal mm -hmm. so i mean rather be weird and be proud of it than be like oh i'm normal no you're fucking not nobody yeah. is everyone's got something <laughs> about them that makes them weird like yours is having a rooster and a pig tattooed on your feet mm-hmm as I have two pigs, actually, but we don't need to digress and go into all the tattoos. <laughs> it's not the only pig I have tattooed. <laughs> you can make that a podcast too, just uh -huh. talking about I'll just, talking about. I'll put a graphic on it. Stories, yeah, like... it's just like point at tattoos and be like, "This one guy had this really shitty tattoo." That's actually a good idea, like wrestlers and tattoos. That's a Katie. I'm writing that one down too. Honestly, that's why I'm here. I'm just giving people ideas for their shows. I'm all about making content for people. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's two show ideas <laughs> i mean you're like i said you're welcome that's why i'm here that's it it's the mm -hmm. only reason I'm here. you're just a fountain of ideas i i have been told that once or twice <laughs> just, just just once or twice in my 25 years of life just occasionally uh did you have anything else you wanted to ask me um no not right offhand i feel like we have uh we've gone off the rails we're talking about the 
pig tattoos on my feet now at this point. That's okay. That's why why people watch the show. They get inside the mind of the other people. I apologize for all of Katie's listeners right now. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) No, he's not apologizing for shit. I'm not letting him. Uh, I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Being able to talk in a setting with people that I'm comfortable with, but have no idea about this stuff about me. Like I don't really spend a lot of time talking about it. So it's kind of cool to like give people that little bit of an insight as to who I am. Because if you just listen to botch bots and share shots, you're not going to know any of this. Everything that I said today has never been brought up on my show because I'm the host. People aren't asking me, why do you have a pig and a rooster on your feet? Well, like, <laughs> it's not something I've been asked a lot, but uh, I've had a lot of fun. This has been a blast. Uh, I mean, this is this has really been fantastic. And thank you for coming on and doing this and <laughs> opening up your mind to the people and to me. Um, tell the people where they can find you, um, Botch Bots, Chair Shots, you, everything you're doing, you know, all the social, you know how to plug yourself. I am the Will Gray across all social medias. Make sure you follow Allison at Just a Girl 918. She's the boss bitch of Boss Botch and Chair Shots. She undersees all of the important stuff. All I do is talk about wrestling. Remember to like, follow, subscribe, unsubscribe, then subscribe again. Leave a comment telling me how great I am or how terrible I sound literally anywhere you do anything on the internet. Like, follow, and subscribe. I am the Will Gray, uh, Kyle, RN, the UWO, and the Rewind. Uh, this is weird when I'm not doing it on my show because that's where I go into the part where I'm like, thanks for listening, my people, but like, I don't do that for your show. You can still say it. Go for it. <laughs> do my, no. Uh, I was trying to think of everything that's in my outro. Then I started fumbling over it because I was like, don't say that part. That's not your show. <laughs> but uh, Kyle and RN over at the Rewind Smacked Raw Pod, Mr. 8984, the Kai show. Um, follow Just a Girl 918, everybody at the Smacked Raw Podcast Network. Uh, follow Matt Ritter. <laughs> That's the, the moral of this story. <laughs> I can do it uh, just as fast as him, too, and I'm so proud of that. Um, pretty much botchbots and shareshots.com. Um, look out for me on Last Word on Sports for Wrestling Stories and the Sportster. Uh, follow Katie. If you don't follow Katie, you're losing out. Quality wrestling content. Make sure you follow her show and all of everything she does, too, not just me. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And don't worry, I always plug myself at the end of my show. Like Will said, you can follow me on Twitter at KittyRasslin13. The link to my bow to take all things Sheely Showcase, twitch.tv slash Sheely Showcase, typically Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, unless something comes up, like Vegas, I had no Wi-Fi, so I couldn't do a show. Uh, YouTube.com slash Sheely Showcase, and I'm so fucking happy I get to say that now. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, if you like to listen, I always say video version better, but to each their own. Uh, like I kind of explained before, Sheely Showcase is like an entity. Uh, Sheely Showcase is the weekly recap-ish um, me and my co-host do. Inside the Mind Up that you're listening to, which can't thank you. Um, interview series I do in the crowd has become a game show, collab show. It's gone through a lot of changes. Uh, and then New Japan Takeover, which is the show my co-host Savannah does. Uh, go uh, check all of that out. A huge thank you to Heel Tactics underscore Justin for making all the music for the shows. Big fan of him. Just had him on. Check out his episode. All the other episodes we have done of this show. I have like 15 out now, so maybe one of your favorites has been interviewed by me and went off the rails like Will and I have. You never know. You gotta go watch and find out. And if there isn't some, and if that person hasn't been on yet, hit me up. I'll hit them up. 
I'll make it happen. So thank you again, Will, for doing this. I had a blast. I hope I, you said you did too, so I'm going to take that to heart. I did. That was so much fun. Like, just hanging out, talking. Like, that's cool. Like, I'm into that. <laughs> you know, I'm glad. I'm glad I can just give an hour to you for letting you talk about whatever you want. Well, I'm here. That was awesome. I talked to an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old seven days a week. So talking to an adult <laughs> and having a real conversation was stellar. <laughs> Look at that. See? Uh, now, everyone, bye-bye.